Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by... A comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. For those of you joining us for the first time, Bad Storytellers is a podcast about a small group of amateur writers who submit and critique each other's work as well as discuss the written media we consume. It's like a book club but with a wider focus. Our group submissions are shared on our website, badstorytellers.com, and you can download them there if you'd like to read along with us. Additionally, we also accept your submissions for critique. If you would like some feedback with the same candor that we give each other, send in your submission to badstorytellers at gmail.com. Entries must be 10 pages or less. Additionally, at the end of each show, we roll the dice, pick three genres, and come up with a movie idea. Once we decide upon a name, we record the trailer for your listening pleasure. Enjoy. Welcome to Bad Storytellers, a podcast about our local writing group in Titusville, Florida. I am your host, Josh LaForge, and with me today is Liam Malone. hey Douglas Banks. Hello. And Max Wessel. Why, hello. We typically start by discussing the media that we've consumed in the time between this and our last podcast, and then we move on to our own writing that we've submitted, uh, which is available on our website, badstorytellers.com. And at the end of each episode, we record a trailer for a movie that we workshop Right in front of your ears. On, on the fly. Yeah, mm-hmm. on the fly. Ad hoc. On the Spanish fly. I have one retraction. Only, Only one? Whoa. Yeah, the first time. We're getting better, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first episode, we didn't have any retractions. Yes. <laughs> we did. We had two. I'm sure we had many. All right. So uh, the Conan story where he throws the sorcerer's head into the fire is called The Maze, and it's written by Timothy Truman. What, what about you guys? What'd you, what did you see? What did you put in your, in your eyes? And ears. And ears, uh, to quote Nerdist Writers Panel. Liam? Uh, I started, there's a new Netflix show. It's on Netflix. It's not, it's a BBC show. It's called Fresh Meat. It's a college situation comedy. Situation. It's about dogs. Situation I've seen the first episode of that. I liked it. Yeah. So I watched the whole thing, because that's the kind of person that I am. Oh, good. <laughs> that's what, what, Do you have no thoughts about it? It's it, fine. It, it happened. <laughs> It's fine. Uh, have you ever seen Jed Apatow's Undeclared? Yes. No. It's a lot like that. Yeah. But less good? Maybe less good just because, like, Jason Segel isn't it, and I love Jason Segel. Would you mm-hmm. recommend it? Yeah, it's fine. If you like British comedies, yeah. Actually, Undeclared made me like Joe Trulio a lot more, too. Yeah. Because he pulled out the full range of his uh, impressions. <laughs> it's hmm. very impressive. Oh, from the state? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Because when you see him in modern stuff, it's just he's doing that weird squeaky character he has. Mm-hmm. But he can do like yeah. a thousand more. I really liked him as the bully in the state. He only had one skit. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. My wife hates Doug. <laughs> so I not, not, our, not, our, not Doug. our Doug. The state's Doug. And I was I'm like, whatever. Your wife I'm hates Doug. Out of here. here. She's like, Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's all you consume? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, cool. 
What about you, Doug? Uh, I finished watching Broadchurch season two. Ooh, Ooh, I haven't seen season two. Is it's it good? good. In my opinion, it's better because it's like Godfather two. It's more complicated. Mm-hmm. How does it end? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> can you? Can no, you just tell us, us right now. Can you give us a primer on what Broadchurch is. Broadchurch is a um, it's a British detective uh, show about a young boy is murdered in a small town called Broadchurch. Everybody has a motive, and these detectives are trying to get to the, get to the bottom of it. David Tennant plays the hard-boiled detective uh, from a big city. And oh, I'm this poor one. I can't remember her name. She's um, she's awesome, though. She's a Michelin Web. Yeah, she was a Michelin Web and in Hot Fuzz. And she's... Oh, I have the weirdest crush on her. <laughs> she, Fair she, enough. I, I feel yeah. awful not remembering her uh, the actress's name because she's fantastic. She's... she's, yeah. she's Like, David Tennant is, is always great, but... She's making like the two of them together headlining this thing. It's mm-hmm. it. That's what takes it. That's what keeps me coming back to the show. I have to watch that. Yeah, and uh, season two is uh, well. Um, season one happens, and season two is the court proceedings. So it's like it still ties in with the first season, but it goes in so direction. It's, so so it's like a procedural almost. Like the it's like a court almost. drama instead yeah. of a detective show. Except it is it is not about the procedure of it. Like it really mm-hmm. is about the they're going into the personal lives of this small town. Like who would have the motive? Why are they doing this? And mm-hmm. and ultimately when they. They do catch – it's not spoiler to say that they do catch the person involved. I'm not going to say who, who the person is. But they do catch the person involved and then uh, um, season it's two – the butcher. Season two um, happens where it's the trial. It's, it's not. It's okay. Not the, it's not, <laughs> there is, like, there is no butcher. Yeah. I, I'm going to watch this. I it's, hate uh, it. It's, um, it's the Season two is the trial that takes place. But at the same time, while that trial is going on and there's uh, all this evidence popping up that may say this person did or didn't do it. You're still trying to get to the bottom of it. At the same time, another case from David Tennant's past comes up that he never solved. And it's like it's hot again. And he's got some new evidence. And he's trying to get the people who, who were you know guilty in that previous case. So it's like two cases running simultaneously. That's and, a, a running theme in British cop shows that I don't really think it is America. What? City cop going back to country. Mm-hmm. Hot fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, there's at least like 10 British cop shows on Netflix about that. Yeah, Irish it's, it's cops, weird. British cops. I, I've, I've been like consuming a lot of uh, and Doc Martin cop drama. I love Doc Martin. Yeah, like it's, I also started watching Luther um, a yeah. while back, and that's another. But it's but I feel like it's different. I'm like watching the show. I'm like, man, if Luther here, he would be fucking them up right now. Like Luther would bust in there, and it'd, like it would be over. He would know who did it. Then we get to season two, and it's all about trial proceedings, and then how if you bend the law to get the right evidence, it gets thrown out in court. I'm like, oh man, Luther would not solve this case. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it gets dismissed immediately. Um, but uh, on, on top of that, um, I uh, would watch the hell out of that show, though. Luther in Broadchurch. Oh, I love right. that show. Just like he goes to court that. the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're it's like, like, oh no, this is thrown out. You're a terrible police officer. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, again, bullshit. why does it's this like, keep happening? And to you me? know, but if if Luther gets him, you know they're guilty. It's like that's the thing, and it's just like, but you had to throw it out. Sorry, you just breach. You, you can't break the rules like that. Uh, anyway, aside from that, um, do they do, in, in the second season of Broadchurch? Do they wear the uh, the wigs? They do, and I don't get it. Like I don't understand why the the the, the barristers they're all yeah. wearing the, the wigs. It's like literally, I'm watching it. I forget. Uh, you kind of even forget that it takes place in England. If but I mean the, the accents give it away. Yeah. But like it like the location doesn't matter. It's all about the people and like their relationships with each other. And then in the middle of it, they're like, "All right, um, you know, we're getting ready to go out there." It just and he, there's like the barrister telling him, "All right, just be strong out there. Remember, no matter what they say, you got to do whatever." And then like there's like a, she pulls up this thing and it looks like a little hat box i'm like what the fuck is this and she opens it up and it's the fucking wig and i'm like god damn it like we can't get away from this would you like like, me to explain it to you there's there's a well okay go ahead what's the reason the explanation is that your barrister is not your barrister your barrister is a barrister the same thing with the judge they put that on and they become like an arm of the court 
Mm-hmm. And it's also to help shield their identities a little bit for judges. It does not hide your identity. Yeah. But when you're the judge is wearing the full thing, which costs like fifteen thousand dollars. The judge did not wear that. The judge had a very modest okay. wig. But they're like the full kit that judges right. wear is like fifteen thousand dollars. It's crazy. But it's just to make court proceedings like you're an actual arm of the law. I see that's a great idea, but I yeah. think the wig industry is behind it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just told well, totally. me it's 50 yeah, well, big wigs. Yeah. They, they were a uh, political party. Yeah. yeah. There you yeah. go. And instead, instead they <laughs> and now they're the Illuminati. Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine if we the went inebriati. into court and there's the, all yeah. judges and, and lawyers were just dressed up like Judge Dredd. I, that's or, the thing. Or clowns. I it's I mean, hard, yeah. it's harder to take. Pick a different. I guess because I'm American, it's harder for me to take seriously. Because mm-hmm. it's like, all right, dust off this little wig and you put it on. It's like you. We, you're out we of did it here. We did it here in America. But we got we got rid of it. Why we're did we like, get rid of it? We're like, you know what? We hate it. That's dumb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got rid of the British. That's <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we got rid of them, we're like, exactly. all right, here's the no, 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 no. We couldn't get rid of the British because we were British. That's the problem. Yeah, but then we decided we weren't. Okay, but anyway, aside from that, I also my wife's a big fan of David Tennant, which is why I started watching Broadchurch. Um, I, I I went there for the mystery, stayed for David Tennant. Uh, but that's how I felt about uh, Jessica Jones. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but um, the one thing I still don't fully get is is Doctor Who, and the wife's been trying to get me to finish this season of Doctor Who because it's David Tennant's last season, and it's the show's still not doing it for me. But I did watch an episode called Midnight, and it was one of the best written episodes of Doctor Who I've ever seen. It oh, was cool. yeah, I was actually surprised. I was like, oh, this actually was up my alley as opposed to everything Describe else I've seen. The plot of that one, um, the Doctor. Uh, is he's he's normally with his companion. They go to a place. They get into trouble. Yes. And this one, he takes her to like this planet. It's in the distant future. Humanity is like all all over the galaxy. He takes her to this planet that is like a vacation planet where it's not, it's just basically diamonds. The entire planet is just diamonds. Oh, you can't. I, I fucking hated that episode. You can't. And it's like, I but no, no, hated hold that on. One. I didn't. Hold on. Um, let me let me let me explain why why I'm even bringing up an episode of Doctor Who because I've seen I've seen too many. The thing that I liked about it. Was that this was like the Twilight Zone mixed up with bits of Star Trek, and the fact that he was the Doctor didn't even matter. Yeah, like it, it could was, have been it, anybody. Like it was this, less magical. Th- yeah, this this was this had nothing to do with Doctor Who storyline or or wibbledy wobbledy. It was it just was like a confined problem. Exactly. It was because it, it was literally it was in a, a confined, bottle episode. Yeah, mm. it was. They it was it was like Twelve Angry Men meets the Thing in the Twilight Zone. And they're stuck inside this capsule, like a little space capsule, because they're going to go see, like, the equivalent mm-hmm. of Niagara Falls on this planet. And it's just the Doctor without his companion with, like, six strangers. And there's an alien loose in the in the ship that can jump into people's bodies. And they're trying to figure out who's alien and who's not. You know, spoiler alert, the Doctor is an alien, so he can't, like, you know, if they, see, right. if they know he's an alien, they're going to freak out. So it's like... But the fact the fact that he had an entire history of doing whatever it, it really didn't matter into the plot and it was all about the paranoia and the fear and like everything else and I totally dug that. What I didn't like is how Doctor Who normally like the way the show normally does things is it just tries to the show constantly pulls back like at the last minute just like when you think it's going to go full force into a direction it's like and they're not really dead or and everything ends up okay or don't worry it's it's because at the end of the day they're trying to make it for families and kids so it's like it'll never have a dark ending i mean and every time that there is a dark ending a later episode is like guess what no they actually made it out okay like they're always afraid to push it as far as they could go but this episode i like like the beginning i'm like ah whatever and then the middle of it i'm like this is fantastic and then when it ends i'm like okay still one of the better written ones well you also know dr who will just regenerate so there's no uh, real i'm not danger. even gonna get into it because i will i will literally take over the entire podcast I, I love, and rant for an hour <laughs> i got very much into doctor who in high school and i enjoy but i i haven't watched any really 
much of the new stuff. I liked. Um, well, that's a good segue, Mac. What about you this week? I ain't seen shit. I ain't read shit. Really? Yeah, I've been. You've been busy at work. Busy at work. Um, apparently, I saw. You, did you see Star Wars three more times? No, I saw a trailer for <laughs> that okay. new um, monster film with John Goodman. Oh, the sequel to Cloverfield. Cloverfield. Yeah. I never oh, saw. I didn't, I didn't see that trailer. I never I, saw I Cloverfield. The first one, yeah. I, I didn't see the first film, but the trailer for for the second film looks good. Yeah, it looks real good. And John Goodman's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's universal. And then apparently I'm supposed to watch a show called The Flash. Oh, that's good. Is it? That's I don't good. really care about superheroes, but Daniel Panabaker's in it, and I'll watch it for that reason. Is he as cool as John Goodman? Well, she's a lady. Oh, okay. That shows how much I know. And no. Yeah, I haven't watched it. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to it's hard to beat that. There's a few people that are cooler than John Goodman or as cool as John Goodman. Yeah. But uh but it's King hard. Ralph is one of my favorite films. <laughs> to bring it back to the British. I forgot about that movie. Yeah. Oh my god. That's a good one. It's like it's all the jokes are about uh British food. Uh as for me, uh I consumed quite a lot. Um I've been slogging my way through dark, uh Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And uh, I'm on the third season, and it's getting better. I'm I'm almost done with the third season, and all, pretty much every other episode has been really good. Can I just skip to the third season? Would that mess me up? I think you'd be fine. You know, I'm, what's funny is I'm compiling a list of the best Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine episodes for Doug. Yeah, so I can he, save yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. And and you know what? I'll release it on the podcast when I'm done with it. Cool. I'll, 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 uh, well, I'll post that for our listeners. That's hot gold. Yeah, I do. I do. Well, I, I watch it when I'm working out, so I only get like a couple episodes at a time. Also, I saw The Revenant, which is good. It, it was. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, It's pretty brutal. There's a lot more crawling than Doug uh, led me to believe. Also, the, the movie takes place over like months. <laughs> he said it was like five days. I did not get that it took place over months. How, how do you know that it took place over months? His, he had a he had a snapped ankle uh-huh. that was rotated backwards, and by the end he's walking on it. Like it's it it, it takes place over months. The dude's his wounds heal. Like his wounds aren't healed. He's in the he's in the shack at the end, and his wounds are still fresh. We're like you can't go out there. Your wounds haven't healed yet. They're not. Fr- well, they, the guy's like your body's rotting. Like you're getting like like. You're, you're doing this so he, so he heals him up a little bit more. Like I don't want to spoil anything in this movie, but like it definitely takes place over a long period of time. Like he's got new skin growing and stuff. It's, I did not see how that movie took place over months and not over a couple. Yeah, days. man, it was it was at least a couple months. Yeah, like, I, it, like if you told me it was a week, I'd be like, okay. But well, months, he, he didn't have time to rest for his wounds to heal. You know what I mean? Like that's right. the, it, it definitely when he's because you see uh, the he's, reason he's fully ambulatory at the end of the movie. Like he's he is moving and shaking. That's <laughs> why that's one of the things I didn't like about it because I thought like because you see like him go to sleep and wake up several times. It's not like oh and then we cross dissolve and like now the now the the snow has melted and now it's like springtime and now he's getting through. It's like I don't know. I couldn't measure how time moved in that. Film. Right. Well, I mean, and and like. The people shaved and they did a bunch of. I, I don't know. I, I thought. I, I thought it was. It was the filmmaker trying to make it obvious that a lot of time has passed. My dad saw it, and he was kind of upset that it ruined the image of fur trappers from his youth. <laughs> they used to make movies. Was he alive in the eighteen hundreds? I'm sorry. Yeah. What? <laughs> what do you mean fur trappers? The from noble, his youth? Fur trapper. noble fur trapper. <laughs> no, they made they made a movie based on Hugh Glass before, and there was a, a very yeah. popular novel. No, they made a bunch of movies about the old, the old mountain men in the West, and they were very noble and everything. And he's like, they were mean. 
Yeah, they're real mean. Like, yeah. If well, actually, I mean, only Tom Hardy's character is like Tom Hardy's in the that bad shit? guy. He. I'm gonna go see you it not tomorrow. Know that Tom if Tom Hardy was if in that Tom shit. Hardy isn't doesn't get best supporting actor, I'll be extremely surprised. He's amazing in this movie. He's he's the best thing about the movie. <laughs> Honestly, well, he's the best thing about most movies. You know, was it really good? Movie? Not Inception. I mean, he's he's okay. I in never Inception. saw Inception. It's good. I liked it. It was fine. Was it good? Also, I read a very long book um, called The Uplift War, and I enjoyed it a lot. I did not realize when I started that it was the third book in a in a series, but not the series aren't directly linked. Ooh, I always bail at that point. I have to. I it, gotta have first. I did. I didn't realize, but it it actually doesn't matter because the book that preceded it is called Star Tide Rising, and it's about these dolphins. Okay, I'm gonna need to explain the premise. Okay, because <laughs> you uh, immediately I was yeah. like, "Go on, <laughs> like dolphins, yes, dolphins." Okay, the Uplift War takes place hundreds of years in the future, and uh, humanity has raised uh, chimpanzees and dolphins to sentience because they need allies in space as they're colonizing and they discover a galactic civilization and their entire religion and everything that this galactic civilization is based on is the concept of uplifting other species. So you gain prestige in this galactic civilization by uplifting other species. And when they discover humans, they're a new race, but they've already uplifted two species, uh, but they want to be admitted. And that gives them instant prestige. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are very upset about this because they didn't go through the proper uplift procedure. They didn't contact the Galactic Uplift Institute, which is like the overarching religious and governmental like power in the galaxy. Um, and there's a ton of alien races and in, in this – but uh, – in the previous novel, uh, they, they, they give you a brief summary that I didn't realize was the summary of a novel. A, dol- a group of, of neo-dolphins um, had discovered something very serious um, that it's it, they found like a, a cluster of space hulks that had s- some crazy information and they relayed it back home to Earth. And Earth told them, OK, hide, stay quiet, do not submit anything to us, um, keep on the move, we'll contact you. And just just get out. Now, everybody wants to know the location of these space hulks that they found. They want to know what was in them. And the, the dolphin uh, ship is called the Streaker, and it's gone, and everybody's looking for it. Like, everybody across galactic civilization. So this, this book is about how that happened, and now this bird race called the Gubru is attacking this planet, Garth, that humanity is – has been given lease to colonize and 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 work on and and kind of restore the the ecodiversity and stuff. And they're <laughs> guarding this planet is a, a ring of satellites uh, and and ships and stuff. And in one of them is a neo chimpanzee. And one of the things I want to talk about this book is that it gets you into the sci fi setting of making you think this is real by introducing a lot of humor mm-hmm. that uh, that the characters share, like actual jokes that make you make make it feel like this world's a little more lived in. So this neo chimpanzee is up there and his name's Fibbin and he's, he's shooting at these bird ships and he's like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> like we're breaking up bad. And they, they shoot him down and he's like, all right, going to re-enter the atmosphere. I hope if anybody wishes on this shining star, they get whatever the fuck they ask for. And he ends up uh, land, crash landing this thing. It bumps and breaks and, and he gets out with a twisted leg and he like looks up at the sky and goes, let's see you do that, Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when, when he sees like the main human character, his friend, he's like, he's like in good all's name. I thought you were dead. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I'm oh, in. That's good. That's funny. Yeah. That's and then, funny. oh yeah, and and his friend goes, well, he goes, how do we do up there? And he's like, oh man, well, you know, it was it was a pretty good 
fight one to one, but we were so outnumbered. With with more numbers, we could have done. It. He goes, "Are you trying to tell me that with an infinite number of monkeys, you can achieve anything?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a very funny book, and That's it's cool. It's I, I recommend it. It was fun. It's not super deep thinking, but I, I do have the other book. I'm going to read that probably after I'm done with the current book I'm reading. So that was like the, what you read was the second book in the series? Third. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Damn. What's the first book? The first book I think is just – they're, they're very generalized because like this book, the third book, there's no characters from the second book in the third book. It's just because of an event, this story happens. So it, you can read them out of order. It's not that big of a deal. Hmm. Do you enjoy that kind of thing? It didn't bother me. I thought it would. I thought I'd be missing something, but they don't – like nobody in – the third book yeah. knows what happened in the, the second book. The Court of Air kind of does that too. Yeah, if I like a character, I would like them to continue through the series. Yeah, I'd like to re- – well, okay, so here's yeah. the thing. After this book, there's a trilogy <laughs> called the Uplift Trilogy. Jesus and I Christ. thought this was the third book of the Uplift Trilogy. No, this isn't even a part of the Uplift Trilogy. This is just the Uplift War, the third book in the Uplift universe. Doesn't that kind of kill you when you open a book? They're like, oh, what else have they written? And there's like 40 titles there. And they're all, they all have a similar naming scheme to the one. Well, not even that, but just like <laughs> – that all of 40 of their books have been published, and you're like, wow. Where we want to have completed a full book and it, and it doesn't get published, that'll well, frustrate you more. No, I'm not frustrating. I'm just saying, like, that's a... It's a lot of work. That's achievement, because I'm slogging along here, but, like, I write, like, 20, 20 pages, and I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I think every, that's how everybody starts, though. Yeah. You know? But... Speaking of how you start writing... Yeah, so... Yes. I want to talk about writing rituals. A lot of people uh, turn to alcohol... A lot of people have like a specific thing they do. They they can only work on one specific machine. They have to listen to a certain kind of music. I want to know what you guys do. Music helps. Yeah? Music helps. Drinking helps. <clears throat> I find night is better than day. Um, day is good for editing. Night is good for writing. That's that's practically a song. Songwriting happens in the afternoon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like a weird mix between the two. Yeah, you can't. you got to be on the porch watching the sun go down. Yeah, that's, that's the, the rule. Rocking in your rocking chair. <laughs> but I, I don't own a porch. Yeah, I try. I, I can't, I can't that's watch anything. That's why you got to steal your neighbor's porch. you got to run mm. over there when they're not home. Yeah, I can't watch anything, but I can I can listen to stuff, and the less lyrics or the less important the lyrics are, the better off I am. So like instrumental music. Instrumental or music or even, or even just stuff where it's like, ah, Bjork stuff. Doesn't, where it doesn't matter, I'm good with. What about you, Doug? Um, it varies for whatever project I'm working on. I usually like to listen to music or ambient noise, like just not like not just like white noise, but Doug, just. Like, are you a robot? No, <laughs> not. And what I mean by like ambient noise is like ambient background things. Like no, um, but just at all times you're like, eh, it doesn't. I do whatever. I, I do right. I just I go with I go wherever wherever the project takes me. Like if if I need to, uh, when I, for example, I'm working on the Planet Without Christmas. I'll sometimes pull up Christmas music that I feel like I would want to see in a finished product, uh, you know, in the finished film. Like, what would it sound like? I don't just listen to anything. I, to, I try to narrow it down to get the feeling right. And then, I'll, like, I'll listen to, like, uh, background audio of, like, sleigh bells or, like, whatever just to sort of get me in the right mindset. And I, and I kind of need to, like, focus on the screen and, like, not get distracted. If there's another TV on, i got to shut off. Just make sure, like, I can just sort of get, you know, get focused. And I know, like, when I've worked with Josh uh, on collaborating stuff before, I, like, want to put sound effects on. He's like, dude, turn that off. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, I don't mean to be distracting. It's just sometimes it helps me focus, you know, but then, like, he'll play music. But I'm like, that music's not what I have in mind for this scene, so can you turn that down? Oh, yeah, sorry. It's like, it's like, it's like we take 20 minutes back and forth trying to get the music right before both of us are happy. But- I have that problem with sex. <laughs> um, no, how about this one? No, 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 I'm not feeling that. But hold on, yeah. Too many beep, uh, the beats per minute is is off. It's off. You can't. We I can't. can't I can't. Yeah, we can't. I can't do it with male vocals. Can't do it with male vocals. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, I don't drink even 
socially, really. So drinking's never been a part of. I never tied to drinking to creativity for whatever reason. Not against it. I just I it, drinking doesn't do much for me when I'm not being creative. I never would have thought to add it to being creative. It it probably honestly makes me less creative, but also just less self conscious. Less creative or less yeah. productive. Or does it make you more productive because you're less self-conscious? Yeah, it makes me more productive because I'm less self-conscious. But I don't think my best ideas come from there. I feel like I have an idea and I'm like, well, now to produce this idea correctly, I need to be drunk. Hmm. What is it typically, beer? Uh, yeah, no, I prefer whiskey gingers if I if I have the forethought enough. Let's. I didn't ask your, your lady preference. <laughs> no. Hey. Mm. Which terrible. is actually also the same if I, if I drank to be creative, I don't think it would make me lose my inhibitions and then just get something down on the page. It would instead make me go, what the fuck's the point? Like I would like, I, like you know, we're, like, we're look, two vastly different. No, I know. Then. I'm too. I, I would just sit there and be like, look at me in my fucking chair in front of this computer. Who the fuck am I? Blah, 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 blah. I'm so cool. Ugh, fuck it. I'm going to go watch Netflix instead. Like, or I play a video game. But um, yeah, again, it, it depends on whatever project it is. But it's, it mostly comes down to playing the right music and just getting enough private time like i can't i can't be in the middle of a conversation with somebody get off the phone and get back on a type and i gotta have like a buffer of like 10 15 minutes to sort of huh. clear my head so it definitely needs to have mm. space away from from other people unless i'm collaborating that's a different story but you max i do a lot of my writing now in 15 minute chunks at lunch do you feel like you can compartmentalize your writing? Like, like you you can prepare for it, like gear up and just sit down and do it? It's not even that. It's um, It percolates in my head, and then I just sit down and write whatever's in my head, and then I'm done writing when I get through with what I was writing. So it's in bursts like that. Okay. What do Time you, in between. What do you do to, like, stop distraction, or, like, does that does that bother you? Can someone be in the same room watching TV, or, like... Yeah, if it's too... If it's something that I'm interested in or too intense, it, it definitely will mess up my writing. I usually do it in silence. Like I said... In my lunch breaks at work, I just have 10 or 15 minutes to sit down and I'll write it out in a notebook. I do handwriting. I don't really like typing on the computer in my first draft. Just stream of consciousness with a pencil. Get do you, it down. Do you feel like you've like had to discipline yourself to be like, okay, now's the time to write. Here it all is. No, 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 not at all. I don't want to. Kind of like taking a shit. When it's ready, I just sit <laughs> no, down and I write it out. Yeah. It's just like percolating in my body. I don't think about it at all. And if I have an idea... And I have time, I just sit down and write it, write down everything I know about it. So it has to stew until it's ready. Yeah, I leave things for years at a time and then pick them back up and be like, oh, okay, let me add to this. I used to not write until I felt like writing, but mm-hmm. now I never feel like writing, but I feel like I want to have written something, so yeah. I write. Yeah, that's cool. You know, like I never I never feel, I, I used to be like, okay, cool, like, you know, let's wait till like 3 a.m. and like do this. Now I don't See have what time. Happens. I don't have time. Like, I, also, I'm, I'm going to have time. Between this this hour and this hour, I, I need to put words down. Drinking, I don't think would help. Drinking, I, how am I the only drunk here? God I used damn. to I used to drink while writing, but now most of my writing happens during the day. And so now you're drunk during the day. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> no, I have I have a I have a kid to look after, so I, I don't want to I don't want to do that. If I if I'm like facing a roadblock where I'm being too self critical, getting a little toasty can help. Just be just push through that and then you can fix it and edit yeah. it later i just don't like morphine and laudanum and stuff i don't know how oh i could, how most of the novels have no, been no, written no. i yeah totally like, understand how all of that is done burrows like just, yeah when you have no responsibilities yeah well also, you know, you, i guess here's, yeah when you can just here's, live in marrakesh and be like yeah i'm gonna go live there and write exactly, stuff exactly here's the thing about yeah. morphine and why it almost makes sense that you could you could maybe write a bunch of stuff on it 
because uh, if you're on morphine and you're still and it's still in your system, there are no distractions because any bodily function that might even possibly distract you is gone. You don't. You just feel awesome. You just feel great. You just be like, okay. And then the only the only thing you're gonna feel is that wear off, and then you immediately need to take a shit because <laughs> you will forget to poop because it feels so good. Because you're because you're what you would think that pooping would be an enjoy. Let's a change topic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. I don't really have any rituals anymore. Now, like, I'll – sometimes I'll create, like, a playlist in Spotify. I got that from Doug for, of like, appropriate things for the tone. Huh. Um, Interesting. And then I'll then I'll put that on, and it'll help me kind of get in the mood of what I want to write. Like the Lord of the Rings soundtrack? Oh, you mean is that what I listen to? That kind of – but, like, mood music for what you're writing, or what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's not – I know, like, what Doug will do sometimes is he'll pick songs that he imagines in the soundtrack for what he's writing. Right. And for me, it's not. It's more like uh, stuff that puts me in the setting. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. Lord of the Rings kind and of medieval For me, it's that way, too. It's either something fiction. in the scene or something that gets my mind on the right tone of what's right. about to be written. But Well, let's talk about what we brought in this week now that we've talked about how we write. Liam, uh, can you give us a primer on what yours was? I brought in a reworked Hatter, How I Met the Hatter, and I put an ending to the second chapter, which I'm not particularly happy with, but I just wanted to get it done. And I just started filling in a lot more detail about Alicia in the first chapter. I mean, that was my, my goal was to maybe hint more at what happened to her parents and kind of figure out, flesh out more who she is. I feel like she definitely has an attitude that's consistent. Yeah, I felt like I got more of who she was. Yeah. This time around. Not that it was lacking the first time, but I definitely felt like she was a little bit stronger. I do see what you meant when you're like, I feel like I just ended the first chapter just to end it. Because I did. Yeah. Yeah, I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, he's about to go in there and kick some ass. And it's like, by the way, I'm Lancelot. He's Berlin. This is the end of the chapter. I like, like that. <laughs> no, I like I, I, well, I like that as a yeah. place. But the whole thing is there more needs. I know more needs to happen. Um, I was also, interested that I, Lancelot knew Merlin was coming. Yeah. I don't. I. That's the thing. We're like, I don't know if I like that idea or decision. I would say change it. Um, to something that maybe is like a hint, you know, instead of instead of just, oh, by the way, here's the story you're now a part yes. of. Yes. I got to do two things. One, either Lancelot has to know who he is and what's going on, mm-hmm. or I got to drop that rhyme and shit from Merlin because you making things that matter to the plot and rhyming couplets gets fucking old What if Merlin so quick. gets punched in the throat and it stops him rhyming? What if he, or what just, if he just doesn't talk? That, that was my idea. Like, no, because then, I, then, then dude, I still have the same problem. I need, a, I need a mouthpiece for me directly for the narrative at a moment's notice. Interesting. Well, I, then I would say the answer can be that's why, he, that's why he's trying to find Lancelot. Lancelot has the amulet or he has the magic thing that can yeah. solve that. I and then, might add another because I already know who cursed Mer- – like the Merlin curse is going to be different from the other ones. And it's going to be the Lady of the Lake because in the stories, the Lady of the Lake fucking hates Merlin fucking hates the shit out of Merlin because he's a busybody and is always interfering with mortals' lives. Mm-hmm. And the Lady of the Lake is like, stop that. You're being a dick. I and gave like, the sword away one time and it no. ruined everything. And no, the only, yeah, the only, re- well, the only reason she even gave the sword away is because uh, Merlin raised the perfect kid to, to have it, the guy who didn't <laughs> want power. And she's like, oh, here's all the power. And he's like, oh, cool. It, it's funny because I was about to say, do you really need a mouthpiece for the plot? And then I realized you have like six different myths yeah, that need to be explained. Yeah, <laughs> so you probably need somebody who knows what yeah. they're talking about. Have, have, mm-hmm. dude, have, or, or even, or even just have someone be like, "This is how magic works." Here, 
Mm-hmm. Have have Lancelot have the cure for Merlin. Suddenly he's like, ah, oh, finally I can freaking speak. And then the next place they go is the Lady of the Lake, and he can lay into her, and yeah. then you can get plot that way. That makes total sense. I mean, it, it seems like Merlin might be the better mouthpiece, and if like oh, definitely. if he's trying to, that, that's what I'm saying. He also yeah, gets yeah, yeah. to be more of an asshole, which I really. It's also hard to be an asshole too much when he's rhyming. Like he's a little bit of an <laughs> asshole now. Yeah. But it sounds cutesy where I like he he I really want him to look down on most things. Right. Yeah, if if, if you can find a way to, to stop him rhyming and he can be if he's an asshole, he doesn't have to reveal everything, but he's still like the guy who, who knows stuff. If he knows and Lancelot doesn't, that I think you you have a better chance for like interesting scenes between them. And I yeah. think um him becoming an asshole What if he was just what if his name isn't yeah. even Lance? What if he's just a Lance Corporal or something stupid? I don't. I don't know. What if? What if? Yeah, what Marine. if people have boils and he's a doctor and he, he lances her boils? But if you give Lancelot with the girl, and then Merlin becomes an asshole. But if that girl just gets sucked into the world and all of a sudden Merlin's an asshole, if she but she has Lance, that's kind of a group to be against Merlin. You know what I mean? A little more protection in the world than she gets thrown into the world and suddenly this guy's a fucking dick. Oh, he's not going to be an asshole to her. Oh, he has no reason to be an asshole to her. But he's Merlin. Wouldn't he just be an asshole? Oh, he just hate, he hates those knights. Because they're so fucking full of themselves. But he wants to save them. Yeah, because he has to. Because he's the only one who can. Okay. If anyone could, else could, he would be like, "Oh, I'd be like, fuck it." What's oh, like, what's that having role? to do? With She's too? just stuck there with him. Yeah, I I was playing with the idea of, of making her involved in the plot directly, and I'm like, no. She's just a lady who's along for the ride. Well, and, he does kind of invite her into and, the glass, and, right? Yeah. And, but, but no, I mean, no, it's because he he's a all. dick. That's what he says. He's like, oh, you got to pick up speed if you want to make it through. No, the next time. Yeah. She's already through the looking glass. But by then, he's like, hey, oh, you're right. Yeah. if we ever yeah. do this again, don't push in. you got to run through it. Now, is he going to look after her? Or is she just like, just like, don't leave me behind? Like, is uh, Oh, yeah, no, he's just going. And he's like, you can come along as long as you keep pace. But huh. we're not, I'm not taking, like... Uh, we have to go forward to get back to go to get back to where you were anyway. So either keep up or if you if you put a more if you put a greater emphasis on her being confused, like how is that possible? Then she falls through the looking glass, and from that moment on, the Hatter Merlin, he's just sort of like fuck your shit, and he like leaves, <laughs> and she's more and he becomes more of the white rabbit. Where she's like, wait, come back, what the fuck do I do? Like so, she's like in this whole other world. You see, what I was, as opposed to that's her, a good, that's a good idea. That's yeah, actually a really good idea because because right now it sort of felt like she's like and then well, other stuff can happen off screen, oh, right? Because right now it, it was it, it felt more like she was. Like either protecting him or just like, oh, you weirdo, what are you up to? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, like almost like from a, a she's looking down on him sort of way. Whereas instead, if she's like, that that can't be possible. M- messes with the mirror, accidentally falls in, and now she's freaked out. But she can still have that edgy like, who the fuck are you? What is going on? This is impossible. Having her more surprised at it. This way, he can be like, all right, so he can still talk in rhyme, be a dick by just leaving her, not explaining anything. By the time she meets up with him. He's, you know, in trouble with, with the, the greasers and stuff. And then Lancelot, whether or not, I mean, if he, let's just say, doesn't know who Merlin is and he's just like, he's a weird guy. He sort of looks like he needs help. And she's just like, I guess? So you don't know him and he doesn't even know this world? And what the fuck? Like, everything's topsy-turvy? Then Merlin grabs the dog tags off of Lance and suddenly mm-hmm. that's the amulet turns into a thing and now he can speak. He's like, finally I can talk. Holy <laughs> shit. Okay, you're nuts for following me. I gotta get you out of here. You're Lancelot. I'm Merlin. I know you hate me. And it's like, now or, suddenly, yeah. like, you see what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it starts to fall Lance- why has nothing he doesn't want anything to do with Merlin won't speak to him but he wants to fuck Alicia so Matt no, no 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 the whole thing but the, the thing about his curse is he wa- totally wants to fuck her but, but I'm he, saying he also can't actually be attracted or in, like yeah. beyond physically interested in anything or anyone but the Hatter the only reason that Lancelot goes with the Hatter is because he wants to fuck Alicia and the Hatter accidentally brought her along so that gives her a little more role in the first one that the Hatter would then use her 
to keep Lancelot in in well, check. Well, not in check, but just like coming with the and party. Now, and also now I need to figure out who's the next knight to find. Galahad. You said Lady Galahad's of the Lake. Boring. Lancelot's pretty boring too. Sir Robin. <laughs> Brave, brave Sir No, I mean, uh, Gwen is fun. <laughs> what Percival, Percival what, is dope. What about King, King Arthur? No, Arthur's not in the story at all. The whole point of is anything a, going a, bad is... Is, is Alicia secretly King Arthur? No. Oh, he's uh, still off in cool. Avalon or whatever? He's like not... No, he's not He's not even there. They don't even know what happened to him. He's like, they're gone. Something else happened. We, we ended up not there. We're he, trying to get back there. What if he became Tom Petty? That would be pretty cool. That would be good. <laughs> what about you, Doug? You have a... Well, why don't you walk us through it? All right. Um, it's a slightly longer outline for The Planet Without Christmas. I've just been working on... Like, once I got that main conflict of, like, who's the bad guy, there's the villain, like, what's the main thing that the hero has to overcome? And the villain is poverty? Um, No, the, 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 the villain is, is greed. <laughs> In a way, almost. The, the villain is, is himself... Uh, re- realizing it's like the you know because the cliche is like oh what's the true meaning of christmas and i was trying to find a way to like really put that into words and uh in fact i'm gonna pull it up because i i found a quote and i type if you go to google and type in what's the true meaning of christmas get pussy like, get paid every no i wish everything like the like top 99 percent of everything you read is keep christ in christmas and it's about the nativity many people overlook this but jesus was born on christmas and it's about god sending his only son and blah 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 and i'm just like that, the fuck born that's christmas. i'm like that that well, okay for one yeah it's like on, on one hand yeah this was like you know winter solstice holiday that was taken over we all know that but i'm like how, how to summarize and then i found this quote by harriet beecher stowe that said that, that she wrote in 1889 that says to give up one's very self to think only of others how to bring the greatest happiness to others that is the true meaning of Christmas. That fits with uh, a Christmas Carol. Yeah. So like, and, and right. again, like yeah. that that classic, you know, yeah. thing or whatever. And I guess like at the time, people were like, "Fuck you, it's about Jesus." But like, she <laughs> she she wrote this, and I'm like, yeah, I feel like that needs to be the central theme of like what's really going on. It's about giving. So for me to figure out, okay, the guy he can't start off as a great perfect hero. He has to be a normal working class guy who just wants to get home to his family. But He's, he needs to realize that by him getting to his family is him being greedy when he can easily. Help others. He's more like a Dudley do wrong. No, not even do wrong. Like he because he doesn't. He's not a mean guy. He doesn't fuck up. It's just that he his ship just happened to be full of uh, Christmas goodies that he was going to sell later to make up for for the money that he didn't make. And then when he crash lands here, he doesn't put two and two together and realize that he can bring happiness to these people until he's already left. And that's when he's like, "Oh shit, I got to fix that." So so what have what have you changed between then and now? Once I realized that that was his thing. I started to change the tone of what this planet was like because at first they were all kind of really innocent. And I'm not turning them into like bad people or whatever, but I, I, I'm taking a different direction on uh, the, the impact that he has on them where it's like at first it's just him explaining Christmas and being like, oh, well, you know, Christmas is an old earth tradition where we do this, this, this. And the little girl is – her role now is to be like, oh, well – that sounds nice, but what's what? Do, why do we celebrate Christmas? And he's like, "Well, you know, it's just we just do it. It's just tradition." And she's like, "Yeah, but why? Like, you know, like why? Why do we need to do it? I know you're bringing it here, and I see all the adults being happy. But from this girl who's never heard of it before, she she just starts asking these questions. And when he realizes he doesn't have a good explanation, he's like, "Shit, I don't know why." And he has to like have that realization later. Like, oh, the realization! It's about being good to people. It's not about Santa Claus. It's not about uh, uh, old, yeah, old or Jesus well, cause, or cause, whatever. Because none of these people are Jews or Christians, right? Anyway, yeah, like, yeah. You know, it, it, the, like, what? Why it's should they celebrate space. this? Oh, it sounds great. Did you just give to each other? Like, yeah, and we'll know. put up decorations, you know, and we'll sing songs. And then from the little girl's perspective, she's just like, yeah, but why? 
This why? sounds like a lot of work. I don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. It's like this is a lot of work just to put the decorations away when we're all done. And But then when he's when he can't explain that to her, he has to look inside and be like, yeah, why do we do that? Like I know my wife's going to kill me if I don't give the kids presents, but why? You know, like what Like what about that? So that's when he has to realize that. And then the other big changes was I, I re- originally had the antagonist being like the mayor who's like, get out of our village. But I realized that doesn't make sense. Every, the village has to like him and everybody has to like him. So, so you made it – yeah, you told us last week that you yeah. made it the, uh, his own – it's his own, yeah, yeah. But um, but I'm trying to decide if I want to keep this mayor character or not because other than that, I don't really have a role for him other than just being the guy who's like, no, really, thank you and whatever. And I'm the more I'm working on it, I'm realizing the smaller this story is becoming. It's almost like a 45 minute episode. It's almost like an episode of Twilight Zone or like an episode of. of it needs um, a subplot. Yeah, so it need, it needs another subplot. Other not than, romance. Yeah, not romance because he has a wife and kids back at home. So I'm mechanic. I'm trying. I'm trying to. Well, mechanic. Yeah, but I already know from my world building what his backstory is. Is he had a wife that died and his little girls and one more from. He's got a. He's got to be a superhero or fall in love again. He's got to be a superhero. Could you create a second main character, like make it a two hander, where it's a guy on the planet that needs something like Christmas? I was thinking about making the mechanic that a failed suicide. Where where are you going with this? He's just getting Christmas. Christmas Failed suicide on a planet. He just tried to jump really hard (laughs) to get off. What if the mechanic takes over, like the end of Batman, when Robin is climbing the cave? You mean after, Wait, like, after the other guy leaves? After 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 main character Nick leaves, he's yeah. going to stick around. Oh, maybe. Uh, but the, the I need to find what the real subplot is because right now the supposed subplot air quotes is that he's making everybody happy and he's realizing that oh man, I'm being way too selfish because everybody here is not selfish and I need to be less selfish. That's the plot. That's not a subplot. Right. Right. So the subplot being maybe he's teaching the little girl like trying to get that figured out, but it that ties in so strong to the main plot. Well, you could go to her parents, like you know, think about what her parents are, what her home life's like, and what it would change for because if this little girl becomes somebody. Like she might be your other main character, you know what I mean? Where she's yeah, like, yeah. she's where she's the one challenging him. Like, like why? Because yeah. things are shitty here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and you could you could go through her to show what a state of normalcy is like on that planet. Yeah, uh, definitely. Because she's the daughter of the mechanic anyway. So like, she'd be the first person to start asking him questions when he's when he's like, oh yeah, we'll put decorations up and do all this. And then maybe her dad is like, if the mechanic is like. Oh man, I haven't celebrated Christmas since I was like, since I was your age, since we first moved out here. So let's yeah, let's fucking do it. And he's putting up decorations, and she's like, "Dad, what are you doing? Like, you've never done this, you know? What the hell? Like, I'm seeing a weird side of you." So there's something. You're usually to that. drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so there's 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 something to that. Um, I just got to figure out what what the, the side Christmas plot drunk. that will carry the whole second act forward. But as far as the main plot goes, I, I I pretty much got that outlined. So cool. awesome. What about you, Max? I brought in a. I was listening to NPR. Uh-huh. And the car. And they were doing a story about Uber and Lyft and all those where people are just using their own vehicles to drive other people. Using mm-hmm. apps to get services. Yeah. And then there was a story about, like, Texas. They want all people to just open carry. They want more people to get guns and get guns. Then I had the idea of what if there was an Uber for guns? And then I wrote my story, which is about a guy who works for Guard Inc., which is an Uber for people with guns. I was like, is this like a libertarian wet dream? It's like, as I yeah. was reading, this is like, this <laughs> no, is the, the government the same reason that you hate Snow Crash. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was just yeah. about to say, yeah, yeah. The government is entirely still intact. There are still police forces. It's just there's also this other. Thing. Yeah. There's also open carry has gone. You know, people have concealed weapons. You use this app. It's like we, f- we have an active shooter on this block, you know, first. Yeah. First Uber to show up and kill exactly, him. Exactly, yeah. They just assign it to him. It <laughs> pops sh- up on the guy's phone. You should have called the corporation good guys with guns. 
if you want to be topical. Because yeah. Guard, Guard Inc. sounds way too much just like mercenaries. That's yeah, the I thing. Thought, I, I, thought I, yeah. I thought your guy was going to be like ex-mercenary. Sort oh, of no. Thing. He's just like a guy who just happens to also have another job in the morning. where Like he, how I got a car and I could do Uber. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And it just pops up on his phone and they're like, hey, there's a guy banging on the door over here. Go tell him to stop. Once once you revealed that he was like a normal guy and he has yeah. like a day job, I thought I really like that. Like I was like, this I want to see where that goes. Yeah, I, I had the idea that this would be could be used in a wider story. I just wanted to get the main idea down the seat of Uber for people with guns. Now I, I, I do feel like I have to bring up that when I asked what you were going to submit this week, uh, <laughs> uh, here I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Yes, here. please. Do all right. He said he uh, said I sent it to you, Josh. I only sent the first thirty pages. It's a reimagining of Peter Pan where Peter is the cannibalistic lord of Neverland and it spread the false version of Neverland through Barry. J.M. Barry. J.M. Barry. So children want to follow him there. When they arrive, they find nothing but jungle and hungry lost boys. And I was like, oh, wow, 30 pages? Hey, I'd read that. Yeah, sure. Send it. And then you're like, that was a joke. Yeah. And I was like, I, that's not a funny joke because I want no, that I'm to just, be true. I want that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, yeah, sent the first 30 pages. Like, that's going to be like, oh, is that yeah. way too much? Ha, ha what a joker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was doing that because we had like an hour before setup time and people would be like, I can't read that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. I want to read that. No, I will. Uh, write that. Write that. I need 30 pages by next week. By oh. Sunday, in fact. Sunday? Sunday, but I volunteered at the library on Saturday, and Sunday is my only day off during the week. I like, I like, That's I said, perfect data, right? I, my response to it was, "Oh, just if you want to read that, just read Lord of the Flies." Yeah, <laughs> but this one has pirates and Indians and cannibals, and cannibals and ghosts mm-hmm. and, and ghosts. Where the ghosts come in? He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, I, we said so this was Peter Pan. There was no ghosts. In oh, Peter it'd be Pan. sweet if a lot of people, to eat a lot of people died. No, dude, dude, better than ghosts. Everybody's shadow revolts. Oh. A shadow kingdom where yeah, you have shadow revolution. Yeah, that's fucking scary. So, what do you guys bro? think of this nightmares. Uh, thing? Oh, it's good. It's I wanted it's, Peter it's Pan short. More now. I just I need more yeah. info because they're, they're so. It, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what the story is. I yeah. know what the. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I know what the idea is, yeah. but the I, don't idea. Know what the, I don't know what the story is. What do you think of the idea? Uh, the idea is cool. I think it would be a good character for a wider setting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I really- As we say... All the time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I really liked it. I just want to see where, where you I, – I hope you continue it and I want to see where you take it because it was interesting. And Yeah, this was a sit down at my 15 minutes of lunch and I just wrote it in a notebook. I feel like this is vindication when you're like uh, – when you're like, why do you outline? Or I can't imagine writing that way. It's like this is why. Because you like, don't know where to go with yeah, it after. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I do it. No, that's terrible. Then you know where to go and it's just like – I just don't – or do, do you plan – Do you did you plan to – I don't do say, any planning. But no, no, no. But I mean like 
did you have something inside you that was like, I want to talk about gun control? Or was it more of just like, oh, you know, it's a fun idea? Yeah, I just had an idea of Uber for guns and I sat down and wrote that story. That's cool. how it came out. Cool. I should plan. That sounds like a good idea, but I don't. <laughs> and I won't. I like, like it's, it's not, it's not, I should plan, but I haven't. It's, I don't. That's a fundamental <laughs> I, thing. And I, me. Won't. and I won't. Yeah. Fundamentally opposed to it. <laughs> I would say, I would say if you're going to, if you're going to re- come back to it, Maybe mention why someone would definitely want that over the police. It's faster. Um, well, it, that's, but that was and, the one, that was the one thing I could think of where it's you, like, oh, they might you be need closer. A, you need a, th- a thought or a thrust or a either a view from the narrator or a view from the narrative that you're going to start going towards. Because if you don't have that concrete in your mind, you're going to start doing weird, curvy things. The, the problem yeah. is there's no problem, right? Like this is just – well, I feel people would happened. use it because – Get up, get down. If nine one one's a joke in your town, okay. was, that, was that a quote from? Somebody? Well, no, I yeah. mean like the what? Where the story comes from is that there's a problem, right? So yes. like, so like this guy shoots people for money. Well, he doesn't shoot people for money. He just has a gun. No, he just shot a person and got paid. He shoots people for money. Yeah, yeah sometimes he shoots. He's people like for he's money. like an, he's like an Uber driver where he, yeah. he can have days off and stuff like that. So what's the what? Okay, so that that's a concept that works in this universe. What's the problem in this universe that that happens to this guy? Mm-hmm. Does somebody? Call him an active shooter, or is there? Is someone? Oh, someone calls him. Do people to, just start someone, going someone Uber him. versus Uber fights no. just for their own entertainment? <laughs> There's a guy with a gun out here, and someone stop him. I'm on my way, and then you say the exact same text to someone else, and it's like, oh, just to start staging. Well, yeah, the, thing yeah, is the app would the app would uh, solve. Be for aware that, for that, yeah, right? Because like you know when other, where all the other Uber but drivers are. That's only well, that the first, company. The first thing that right. I the first oh thing, that's okay corporate warfare yeah corporate yeah. but the first thing L- I literal, thought of was literal yeah. warfare the the first thing I thought of is in terms of like getting someone like that wrapped up in a greater story is he gets out on a call he shows up and he's someone freaks out and he ends up shooting somebody he doesn't realize that what really happened was this this was all set up he's being framed for murder but yet making it legal where it's like he showed up he shot somebody because they were attacking him but it was all a mm-hmm. misunderstanding and the person who hired him is not really the person who hired him and it's all it's just a ploy to get this person they're like alright you gotta get prosecuted because you just murdered somebody important he's like no I just did it as part of my job and they're like what are you talking about there's no record of it and it's oh fuck so it's taking Ooh. the system turning That's it against too, him well the thing is that requ- that requires so much that requires Planning. one that no. <laughs> It would be a murder. Be no, no, murder. But, but yeah. it's a murder mystery. But then you need a motive. Like, why would they choose him? Because they don't want to be the person to pull the trigger. Like, if I'm like, you know what, I could call the fucking. Then why not have a record you. for it? Then they look up the record for it and be like, oh, there is. So because then... I literally said that as I was saying it. And <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, it just whoever is closest, you just click it and they're like, yeah, I'm just oh, saying, that person's close. Like, like Minority Report, you yes. have an interesting technology there that can be used for bad. If if you just know how to work it, and I think mm-hmm. if you can figure out how to use that for evil, that's your story. Oh, I can use most things for evil. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, as for me, uh, I brought in the rough first chapter of the book I'm writing, and I've noticed that while writing it, doing a lot of screenwriting has made me a total spendthrift with words. So, what I thought was going to be four chapters turned into one chapter, and that's the first chapter that we've got. My first impression was that it was prose. But it was also outline because I've been reading your outlines. Okay. And the prose was just your outline with like four more words in each sentence. <laughs> that's, a t- yeah. that's, that's how I feel, yeah. And I'm like, uh. But I liked that the initial dream set up him as a kid who just does shit by himself because he falls into a weird dream world of a dark box. He's Doesn't just like, panic. He's like, ah, oh, that's shit again. Like, All right, let me crawl. Let me find the door and everything. Because I, I had a memory of a kid when I was uh, very young. We moved into a new house. 
And it was dark in my room and I woke up and I couldn't find the door and I like freaked the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> but this kid is just like, oh, fuck, like Tuesday. Let me see. All right. And, and did you Being feel like, here. did you feel like after you woke up and then you see him like getting ready for school by yeah, himself? Yeah, no, that, he's that totally like, the, yeah. Yeah, that did, that did do that because I was reading him and go, oh, yeah, he's he's handling this remarkably well. But you didn't mention it being a reoccurring dream. So I was mm. like, this is – he's really handling this. Well, they, but then when they, he wakes they, up yeah. and he starts making breakfast, I'm like, okay, he's used to doing stuff on his own. He's kind of, you know, kind of self-reliant. And, well, no, and yeah. then he talks to Jim and he's like, oh, no, one of those dreams. He's different like, dream, yeah. Kind of different, but yeah. yeah. His mom mm. fucking hates that train book. Yeah. Did you yeah. get that it was well, – okay, you guys have read the outline. Well, we know, but yeah. I feel yeah. like – Did you get that it was a book about trains? Yeah from reading it I, I i mean i got she says it's it's like your train book but i couldn't oh here's did the she say that okay here's the here's the thing that i couldn't tell but i knew what it was because i read the outline but i didn't know what it was as i was reading it is this like a baby book with thomas the tank engine where it's just pictures of trains or is it like about trains it's about trains it's i mean to be, i know that but yeah, i don't yeah, think yeah. that came across no that, that's yeah i have i didn't really describe the book right and i i think i i'm torn on whether or not i should describe the book this early or wait until like it comes to the moment where he has to make a decision on how to help them and is like, okay, my dad gave me this book about trains. And well, and, and, it, and then and then he's like, it was this, and he tells the story about the, well, it. Well, I think the, the easy solution to be able to describe the book, make that the book he's reading at the breakfast table. Instead of putting it in his backpack and the mom notices yeah. it, he could just be reading it. And she's like, oh, read And it's like an old frayed book. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're reading it again? Like, don't you ever get tired of reading that? You know, as opposed to would like, Would it be oh, like, a, like a Jane's Guide kind of like schematic breakdown of trains? Or would it be like, here's about trains. It's not like a kid's book, but like here's yeah, I, I, was, I was imagining it would be like a coffee table book. Like one, okay, of those, yeah. one of those coffee table books that would still have like exploded diagrams and mm-hmm. stuff oh, like cool. that. And yeah. it, you know, like they do for cars. Like you, you, can get a, you can get a coffee table book about Corvettes that will tell you anything you want to know mm-hmm. about them. But it's, right. not, it's not a technical manual. Um, the other thing uh, – because again, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to get – it's hard for me because I'm getting nitpicky, but it's just a vomit draft. So it's just like a first yeah. draft. But the, um, the only other thing that, that kind of stuck out to me was that – a lot of the language you use, I don't know what age group it's targeting. Yeah, that's that's a big problem that I'm running into. Is that I'm, if I'm trying to while I'm while I'm writing, if if I'm trying to worry about style while I'm creating I, yeah, the, the yeah. scene, then I, I just I freeze up and I and I take I way too that. long. Yeah, and I go back and re-edit the thing I just wrote and and I keep doing it. Have you tried morphine? Have you no, tried? <laughs> not yet. Have you tried more alcohol? That's next. Yeah, yeah more alcohol. So. Laudanum, you just I, I kind of made together. a promise to myself that I wasn't even going to bother. I was and just then, going and to the re-edit. You'll think in about the that, edit, yeah. In the edit, I'll see what's wrong with the style that I that I currently have for it, and then change it to, yeah. to that. Because I, I know mean, I use words that are way too big. Well, and and, and I, I imply too much. Without. Is there a point in using slang that's going to be changed in? Well, my, my the example I was going to give is yeah. not is not slang, but like okay, I, yeah. I can't remember the the exact thing. But you said it's something that's tied up like like a lace, like a lace knot. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like instead, why not just say shoelace? Because a kid understands a shoelace. That's a good you know? point. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you on that. But but again, that's super nitpicky, and that's something mm-hmm. that you're going to fix in editing anyway. So that I don't know if that's going to help you with chapter one first draft. Mm-hmm. But um, I would like for it to read kind of like in the in the end, not not this yeah. current one that I just wrote. But I would like for it to read a bit like The Giver, where it's it's pretty sparse, but there's there's no uh, there's no room for misunderstanding. Like right. you, you understand completely what they mean. And they use very simple language. It's very direct uh, because I don't know if I can if I can bring myself to write like J.K. Rowling, <laughs> right? <laughs> to to just 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 meander and meander and meander and and just talk about 
everything I see. I, and I'll tell you, on, I was going to say that, but uh, like rather than even everything you see, there's certain things that are just like not described physically at all. Yeah, I need to. I really need <laughs> like, to go into more detail. Like on the, stuff. the glyph, the glyph, the book is described well. Um, I don't know what Jimmy looks like. Yeah, Tilly gets shoved, and then I'm like, "How big is Caleb?" I have no idea. Also, did you see the ages of them at all? No. Because that was the other thing. I, t- I had a hard time picturing how old he was supposed to be because I knew from the outline I had a vague idea of the age. Sure. Um, but on top, of, on top of the thing about descriptions, I'm like, oh, you describe the book or whatever. Uh, like, this, I, I, know, this, I know what the coin is. I know what the sure, wood coin right. is. I, I can feel it in my hand. This is, this is going to sound – I cannot look – I can't see Jimmy or Malcolm at all. I'm wondering I'm, – I'm worried about describing them too much because I would like for people to picture them as they like. But I guess I, I, need, I need even more basic descriptions. I, I don't height. describe either and I – it's such a weird thing to. I, I would. I, 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 would I, say, I don't, I don't mind describing. I, mean, I really don't. Just but it's just age and like what their build is. Yeah, and bully scale. Know? Like I had to threaten a couple bullies today for this little <laughs> kid in my class. They were like this tall, but to him they were giant. That was three feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> that he that he made with his hands that you can't see. Uh, but the but the thing I was gonna say about the description. You mean this tall? No, it's, I, I mean this tall. Okay, <laughs> a little for, higher for those who can't see. <laughs> uh, the the thing about descriptions and this, this is gonna sound a little little oddly random and personal. I didn't even get sucked into the world of like trying to – because I'm trying to determine how old they are, what kind of school this is. But as soon as you said they grabbed their gym clothes and shopping bags, I was like, oh, shit. It's like I know I know exactly in my mind what this is like. And like I, I, I'm taken back to a time that was not very happy either. So it's like <laughs> – so I'm like, all right. I know I know immediately the world this is in and the bully hasn't even shown up yet. So mm-hmm. I, I – but again, that's like a personal thing that I that I brought that with me to the book as opposed to letting the book explain that. Now, do you uh, – I did that for that reason. Mm-hmm. But do you feel that uh, the language between them is realistic, like between the characters and the bullies and stuff like that? I, it's a little mechanical, but I mean – It's just the first draft. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean would, it's a little mechanical, but it's just the first draft. Everybody refers to each other by their name a little bit. Mm-hmm. No one says I, tight. Which bothers me. They should definitely say tight. <laughs> That's tight, you. That's tight, you. <laughs> um, thirsty means you want to have sex. I refuse to acknowledge that. Okay. Yeah, no, because I'm often thirsty. But like I also thirsty. often want to have sex. But those are two different things. Yes. Did I say that he was thirsty? <laughs> no, I was just giving you <laughs> some slang. He's giving you modern slang. slang. Oh, That's yeah. what the kids are saying today. Okay. Apparently. Okay. I thought you were like, you're like hey, Malcolm said he was very thirsty. Yeah, and I catch. laughed because he meant he wanted <laughs> yeah. to have sex. Although I did give a spelling <laughs> test the other day, and one of the words was duty, and kids laughed for like ten minutes. I don't, I don't really want to like call of duty too much yeah. slang. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, you yeah, don't want to. I know what you're talking about. Where it's like, does each character sound a certain way? Like, what has it come across? Is yeah. it believe, are they kids? Do you believe that they're kids? I mean, I believe that they're kids, but only in only in your second pass are you going to really fine tune it to make everybody sound. I was different. worried that yeah. Caleb sounds too much like a gym teacher. They refers to everybody by their last name. Um, I didn't, no, because that's get that. a very that's a super yeah, that's, that's a super like trope. dude dude in gym also like <laughs> yeah referring to people as their their last names are written on the back of I their was t-shirts. just about to say like how it's yeah. written on your shirt like yeah. the kids who actually ran laps in gym class instead of walking them now earlier uh, Liam I ran laps we hung out with my friends laps. fuck you they told us to run you ran I hung out with my friends we walked <laughs> fuck you guys gym teacher gonna tell me what to do. Now, Liam, uh, earlier you said that uh, that you like Jimmy more than Malcolm, and that's yes. I think that's a problem. I think that is a that is a problem because you don't because Jimmy's going to leave soon. Yeah, and I'm not going to. Jimmy's see him gone again. by the and end I'm, of that chapter, and I'm not going to see him again. <laughs> well, and luckily, that, it's Malcolm who's gone. But yeah, 
yeah, but the whole thing is like I need I need more Malcolm. Can I need I need more Malcolm, and I don't need more Malcolm. Even even just little snippets more into his head, just something to make him the main character. Now it's interesting because things that. things happen to Jimmy, and then Malcolm reacts. Right. Things aren't happening to Malcolm. I was the goal that I, that I think I'm falling into a trap on is is the goal was uh, that Malcolm's just okay. And he really looks up to Jimmy, and you you should kind of see Jimmy through Malcolm's eyes, because when things get really bad later in the book, he's like, "Oh man, Jimmy would be perfect for this." Right. <laughs> you know, like, like why isn't it Jimmy who's mm-hmm. here? You know, like it, it. But if if you feel like you don't know enough about Malcolm to kind of understand where he's coming from, then that's a problem. It'll be tough to fit in with like, that with know. that much little so, story before you launch into there was, the, you know, there was a moment adventure. where it was like and Malcolm wanted Jimmy to stand up for himself more than anything else and mm-hmm. he and he broke it and that was a that was a nice moment of weakness for Jimmy and it also was a great moment for Malcolm because you realize Malcolm knows the situation. He sees the score. He like he knows right. how the game is being played and he's like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. Like I, I if feel- I had what you had, I'd be winning right now. Right. Motherfucker. Right. Well, I, f- I feel like that maybe, was nice. maybe if the bullies Focused more on Malcolm as opposed to like Malcolm and Jimmy. Like Jimmy's just sort of there. Like if they were more antagonistic to Malcolm, it would feel like he. It would feel like Malcolm is more active in that sense, even though it's happening to him. Mm-hmm. So when Jimmy steps in, he's like, "Leave him alone." He's like, "Ah, fuck you, Jimmy." You know, it's like you know, like he's like he's yeah. not sweating. No, yeah, yeah, as, fuck yeah. you, Malcolm. As, as like, oppo- why are you even like as opposed to as opposed to like the bully picket on both of them? If that makes sense. Yeah, but but, but then again, but then again, it's it, I do, well, it didn't it's even a good feel- scene. It didn't even feel like the the bully was picking on both of them. It felt like the bully was picking on Jimmy, and Malcolm had to be like, "Yeah, I'm here too." <laughs> right. So it's, if it if it was more equal, like if they were both being picked on, or if it was more mostly Malcolm. But I realize you have to you had the thing of Jimmy gets you know he's jumping in the air, and then the bully slams him into the you know into mm-hmm. the thing. But then I'm thinking, well. Would it be better if the bully does something like that to Malcolm, and then Malcolm is like, after that, he starts getting dizzy? Like maybe that explains why he has to take a break. So they're like, oh, he must have had a hard hit. Get him into the to the thing. So just to make him feel like he's more of the center of the focus of what's happening, as opposed hmm. to like he's observing it. Which I mean, it works. It's just like Liam says. It's yeah, like I, I kind of there, wanted. To, there's uh, a point where I'm like, well, Jimmy is the main character of the story. Yeah, right. like, I, get, he, I get. He like, feels like the protagonist, and when he's not, you're like, oh, well, I, I, kinda, I, 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 I don't know. When you say that, it makes me kind of want to flirt with that. No, a no, bit. no like, I, I, <laughs> I, I get that 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 Malcolm looks up to Jimmy. So when you he's watching this happen to Jimmy, he's like, oh man, I just wish he would sock him one. And it's just like, well, I kind of want Malcolm to be like, I should go sock him one, you know, like yeah. for Jimmy, my buddy. But if it's happening to him. And Jimmy is kind of like, you know, he's the handsome kid and he's the kid who's actually good at sports and stuff, but he's not like he's not the jock douchebag like like this bully might be. Also, why is the bully picking on the like the good looking, talented guy? Yeah, yeah because, he's, well, because he's a good looking guy. Yeah, because he's because he's better looking and he's better off. Like, and maybe he's yeah. just bigger, you know? He's bigger than him. It, the, here's my here's my thinking for it. The reason why I set up that beginning is to have the payoff at the end, which may not be worth it if if it's if it's gonna make people not connect with Malcolm. Is that at the end, Malcolm comes back and all that crazy stuff had had happened to him. But literally, the moment just went from one moment to the next. He he threw up in the toilet and he gets up, and Caleb comes in the bathroom and confronts both of them. And he's like, "Oh, you, like you can't just ignore. It. Don't turn your back on mm-hmm. me. Like you know, you guys in here make out. What's yeah, yeah, or, or just or just whatever he's gonna do." Yeah. And Malcolm turns to Jimmy and he's like, "Hey, listen." Do you, or it, well, I, I think there's a moment where Jimmy like kind of backs off again and is like mm-hmm. clearly afraid of Caleb mm-hmm. and. And Malcolm says, hey, Jimmy, if we fought, do you think you could beat me up? And Jimmy's like, yeah. Like, are you kidding? Like, is this a joke? Yes, of course. And he goes, okay. And then goes and kicks the shit out of the bully. 
but not, not <laughs> like, but, but not, not, not really bad. Like he just starts this fight with this bully, and uh, and totally embarrasses the bully and knocks him down. The bully starts crying, and Malcolm has this. Had, or, sorry, it, he he like really knocks the bully down and like embarrasses him horribly in front of everybody. And then he turns to Jimmy. And he's like, "Well, I hope you learned something." But then he turns back and, and the bully's like crying like for real because he's never been so embarrassed and it's and it's and Malcolm kind of hurt him. And then Malcolm realizes that the bully like this is just somebody's kid. <laughs> you know, this isn't like, a real enemy. This is not an adult. Yeah. Like like this is this is this is a child who's doing this. He's acting out. That that's the payoff I wanted to have later is that Malcolm would be like Jimmy, why are you afraid of this guy? Like look at me, you know, like I could take this guy down no problem. But that was the payoff I was shooting for. I think mm-hmm. I think if you pull it off, that would work great. Yeah. yeah, although there's already there's already a weird problem, though, if you know that there's, a tr- one, a training montage that uh, Malcolm goes through, we're like, yeah, that works from the perspective of Jimmy. But from anyone but else. But almost, ne- yeah. no, s- o- almost, that should never be your first priority. Your first priority should be for your reader. We're like, there's, rather than play it up, we're like, maybe you learn something for Jimmy, or rather, like, to show it for Jimmy. How do you present that to the reader to make it more interesting? Can you make that funny? Because, like... Malcolm wouldn't even be like, why are you even I afraid think, of him? Malcolm would be like, I'm afraid of nothing now. Yeah. We're like, well, I, th- I, I just spent three years in a hellscape. <laughs> I, I, think, back. I think the idea was is that it would be funny in the moment. And like Malcolm Malcolm does this and he does it as a way to kind of be like, see Jimmy? Like like to just kind of help his Ooh, friend out. Like, like to, Malcolm, I don't like know where anything see, about like, fighting. Where it, where, where it shows as a way that he to show the to show the reader that Malcolm has actually gained something very mm-hmm. real from his his experience he just had. And then immediately have that pulled out from under him by by this new realization for this new that perspective. He just beat up a kid, and uh, and then he gets uh, suspended. And the other hit of perspective is that his mom is like yelling at him, but he's so happy to see her, you know. And yeah. and, and and he has been through like all this family stuff with Kilvin and his children, and like all this horrible loss, and and how hard it is for Kilvin to raise his children. And Malcolm's being raised alone by his mom, and he just wants he, he like he's like. He now has this new perspective on his whole life, and he's like, "Mom, I really appreciate you. You know, like the, the, I, I just want—I want you to know that I really appreciate everything you do for me, and I, I understand now how hard it is. And you know, she's mm-hmm. like, and that's—and she's taken aback, but that's like the end is 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 just a, a way to show what he's gained skill-wise that he gets to keep, and then this new perspective and how it changes everything about his life from here on out. But. I hope it. I hope, <laughs> I hope it's worth you being like, "Why am I following this kid instead yeah. of Jimmy?" I, I didn't. I, I didn't like Jimmy so much that I hoped he was the main character. I was fine with the balance that you had. But um, I like that Jimmy is still the main character because the whole point of the journey is to help Jimmy in the end. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, uh, you know, yeah. if, if if the bully just picked on them a little bit more evenly, I guess if there was more mm-hmm. of a personal stake, it's like this is. Well, like, so do you think for if, me, I, if for I change me, the scene for me, where it's, I just I want I want in his head more. Okay, because um, we're not. No, head. I th- I was going to ask you about the perspective. P- I, POV. I, mean, I'm, I don't. I'm, I'm yeah, choosing. I don't. I don't need. Um, I definitely don't need first person from him. Mm-hmm. But even like, and he thought this, or just little asides, or just like he can, and also it allows him to lie, and for you to know that he's lying mm-hmm. without having to explain it. Instead of being like Malcolm said, yeah, he's like, oh, me. it looks fine, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, or just, <laughs> like, or just, fine. no, I didn't. Malcolm lied. <laughs> yeah, that's that's easy. That works too. But then, <laughs> but then, if you, but for a more complex lie, that becomes a, a little more difficult. Yeah, I, I'm, I've been I've been toying around with the POV a little bit. I, I if you notice at the beginning, it's all in his head mm-hmm. uh, because you're you're watching him do these, and I'm, I I kind of wanted to make it you're a little bit outside of it, so I'm not 
talking down to you when he does something physically and it's for an obvious reason. I don't tell you that reason, you know. Uh, but then, like, later when he's tying his shoes and he's like, ah, we lost the game because of me, that's all in his head. Um, it's not first person, though. It's third person omniscient, but yeah. I still kind of leave leave a lot out. Third, it's it's third person limited in some respects, but I guess it's still called third person omniscient. Actually, no, even if it's just from his head, if it's not in everyone's head, still limited. Well, I think omniscient is when it's in ev- anything. No, you're, that's a good point. I think I think it will be just just in his head. Just you'll his get head. just his thoughts and his his experience and what something that he looks at makes him feel. And the good old three PO, <laughs> third person omniscient, three PO. So C three PO is what I was thinking. No, it's still it's still not. Um, I think I thought omniscient only works when it's like it's in every character's. Head. No, th- third person limited is when it's in nobody's head. It's like a script where mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. you just see it from the outside. You witness it. But it is it is still limited. It's not, yeah. you know, it, no, it's but, not unlimited. Yeah. yeah, it's not unlimited. All right. Now is the bad story trailers part of the podcast where we roll two ten sided dice to find three different genres of storytelling, and we're going to e- either combine all three or just two of them or only use one of them to come up with an idea for a film that we will then workshop with each other and then record the trailer for. So, Liam, what's our first genre? First genre? It's a number. Five. Number five. What's five? Five? Wuxia? <sighs> a martial arts genre with chivalrous protagonists on fantastic adventures. Uh, yeah, I yeah, work with that. that. No, like, we can work with that. that. Like okay. uh, green, green, uh, green like, Lantern? Or, no, like the Power Rangers. I was about to say the, the, the green... Legend of the Green Sword, which is it could be Crouch, Crouch, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Is, so is it, is it Wuxia, perhaps? I don't know. I, I know Wushu is Wushu. A, is, a, is, is a martial art. Hmm. But so like like Crouching Tiger, Hidden yeah. Dragon, uh, Chivalrous House of Flying Daggers, Fantastic Adventures, yeah. Hero, doing okay. some yeah. Gong Fu. What's the next one? Eighty two. Sci fi western. Okay, all right. I'm still with it. I'm still right. with it. Yeah. Has elements of science fiction in a western setting. It is different from a space western, which is uh, which is a frontier story indicative of the American westerns, except transposed to a backdrop of space exploration and settlement. So it is the West. So it is the West with sci-fi with sci- elements. With sci-fi okay, elements. okay. So it doesn't have... It, it's, it's more like... It's sci-fi more like with um, Western elements. It's not like space opera. It's not it's like... It's more like Cowboys and Aliens. Yes. Okay, yes. fair enough. So it's or set in the Bone Wild Tomahawk. Tomahawk. I was about to say, it's Cowboys and Aliens <laughs> and Bone Tomahawk, not Don't ruin Bone Tomahawk, because I'm yeah. going to watch Wait, that. Wait, so Bone Tomahawk is Aliens? Is that no, 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 no. It's a Western that isn't a frontiersman story. Which and, is but it also life. has a weird element where you're like, what the fuck's going on? So you not know, Firefly, so. Cowboys versus Aliens. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 73. Apocalyptic sci-fi. <laughs> okay. That's, the, we, we're there. The end of civilization, either through nuclear war, plague, or some other general disaster. So one of my favorite movies by Ralph Bakshi, Wizards? Uh, dude, no. Trigun. This sounds a lot like uh, Fallout. <laughs> What's Trigun? Six String Samurai. Dude, <laughs> I saw the Red Elvises. Oh yeah, that's what I, like. That's what I did. I did Tuesday. I saw the Red Elvises. It was awesome. I saw well, a couple years you, ago at the Copper wait, Rocket. I thought you saw Unknown Hinson. I saw Unknown Hinson, Reverend Horton Heat, Nashville Pussy, and the Red Elvises. Holy shit! It was a killer night. That was all in one show. That was all in one show. What the hell? The Red Elvises are a fun show. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about what God, this movie is going to be. That's a good show. Be. I wish I would say. I think we got post apoc. Yeah. Gives us our Western setting. Yes. Right. So and if it's a sci fi reason for the post apoc. Then we've got. Well, that I think there's a conflict there because again, the 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 sci-fi western means it is the old west, yes. but with an element of sci-fi dropped in it, like a ray gun or an alien invasion or As the a, end of the world. But then it's not sci-fi western. Then it's yeah, post-apocalyptic. No, it well, I, I think, no, I think it can post, be both. Like, it can. like Book of Eli. Western is the setting. 
Yeah, Book of Eli is a Western, you know, like even though it's post-apoc. So why can't it just be 1883 and the apocalypse happens and then there's wizards? Well, no, there's no wizards. This is w- I Wuxia. thought Wuxia was wizards. No, no, no. Wuxia no, that's is... martial arts genre with chivalrous protagonists on a fantastic adventure. Oh, fantastic adventure got me. Okay. Marshals. Yeah. Well, this is the Marshall story. We, in fact, me and Max started writing this once. Think, think more like Crouch, Tiger, Hidden Dragon in, 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 in the Wild West. Is that that's post apoc Is that a movie? I'm, uh, Crouch, Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Well, yeah. It's a very right. popular movie. <laughs> it's a group of lawmen. Netflix has a, has a show coming out based on Crouch, Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Well, it's a sequel film. I, it's a movie? I thought it's, it was a series. It, I believe it's a sequel film. Um, but, but, but but the the first thing that I thought of when if we're talking about trying to if we were trying to mix all three of them, it's like okay, you have a group. I'm still having a hard time mixing the uh, 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 Western sci-fi or sci-fi Western with um, post-apocalyptic. So I thought, well, what if the chivalrous protagonists were the sci-fi element in the old West? They're here because of an apocalypse on their planet. So like a, like these, these are aliens that that's, are the Western. Uh, they come in here. That's not post like Biker Mice Wars, Cowboys and Moo Mesa kind of thing. Well, that's why I'm that's why I'm thinking maybe we. If, I mean, unless you guys think of something that you really like, no. Because the whole thing the is the, the sci-fi like, and Western. I know it says sci-fi Western, but the 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 thing that the sci-fi Western made really harsh uh, is it is a Western setting with sci-fi elements. Right. It doesn't have to be the old West. Yeah. It is a Western setting. Magnificent Seven so let's style. Think, wh- okay, chivalrous so, gentlemen. So we got a robot. Yeah, in fact, even even Seven Samurai has a Western vibe. Old Western vibe. So what if, mm-hmm. okay, what if the protagonist is a robot from before the apocalypse that is like like an old school knight? Why would he be an old school knight? Well, just, just for flavor. And, uh, he's, no, I'm just saying, like, what? He's I know chivalrous. This is weird. It's, chi- it's chivalry. Wh- he's, why would anyone what, make what that? If he's, okay, no, what if he's, like, weird C-3PO, like, he's, like, a protocol droid, so he understands, like, etiquette and... Mm-hmm. Um, manners and everything. And, and manners and, and codes of behavior. But he also, because he's a robot, is stronger than a human, so this little kid builds him up to, uh, like, kind of repairs him, and he's like, you have to help me and my friends defend against these raiders that are coming. I like it. You want to do that? Yeah. And, and instead, and then he just he just punches him. Yeah, he just beats him. <laughs> he just, he just punches him. Well, imagine like okay, but but the flavor is uh, is crazy martial arts. Yeah, and this robot has to fight dozens of people at a time, and they they build robots and shit. Like they they build. Okay, so he's like mech suits. So he's like the the a shining chrome retro futurism robot who's almost like a knight, and then their robots are like the good Bill and Ted robots. From the second film, where they're all like ad hoc and oh, put together. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't. Well, the whole thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm saying they would be like more like mech suit stuff, like power armor. That could be cool. That would so, be. I think that would be cool. I think it could be. It so could be all so, of so, then, so then, if they're just making, if they could just make lots of robots, how about all of that? So these robots yeah. are just, just sort of. So you're saying the these robots are left over from before the apocalypse? This one robot is. The other ones are made from parts. Mm-hmm. Mech suits. I don't want them to be robots. I want mech suits. I don't want. I don't want someone to be able to make. I, I want mech suits with six guns. No bigger six guns. And all he has is a shield. See, before you yeah. mentioned robots, I thought when you were like, oh, we need like a chivalrous thing, I thought you were going to say a performer from the Medieval Times Dinner Show is suddenly <laughs> lost in the apocalypse. That's another film that I would yeah. desperately love to see. Oh, yeah. The, uh, it's like suddenly of, all this training instead of comes King, in handy. He's <laughs> like, everybody made fun of me. Especially the acting. Dude, yeah. there's, that's already in Dies the Fire. The is that fire? a book? Yeah. It's a um, great book. We've talked about it. Yeah, we have times. talked about it. Can you can you recap what the story is? Uh, and all technology just fails, so everyone's taken back to to vaguely medieval uh, period. And there's a like just people who have like there's a guy who's a farrier who makes horseshoes, 
and suddenly he's one of the most important people left on Earth because he's a blacksmith. Oh. So he's super important. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I used to just make horseshoes. Now I guess I'm responsible for making everything that we use. Is there a character who was a fake knight? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's, um, what I, that's what I was I don't know if you guys are familiar to. with the Society Only for Creative Anachronism. LARPing? It's, yes. It's not LARPing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like Ren, Ren Fairs and stuff. Well, it's Ren Fairs, but uh, like they actually hit each other with real sticks. It's they re- make their own, Real sticks? Real sticks. They like, make their own, like you'd find on the ground? Well, um, what do you call them in martial arts? Bokens. Boken. Okay. Well, or, or Shanai or whatever. We call them Shanai, Rattan. My group does real weapons. Their group does Rattan. We make our own armor and everything, and they feature pretty heavily in the book. Okay. It's real sticks. People in armor hitting each other as hard as they can with real sticks. Pretty cool. Does that happen in the book? No, they have no. They they immediately <laughs> goes from real swords, but the yeah, guy's like, okay. but like they give, they give the background yeah. of this guy who's like, oh, he's done this for years, and he was like, suddenly he's fighting a gang member and just like just kills him. But there's a great part of the gang like everyone goes out looting, and like three or four people grab crossbows, and then like three days later the gang members like he's got like a bucket full of money. He's like, God damn it, I wish I had gotten a crossbow. <laughs> like the world just changes instantly, and everyone's like, oh, we'll go grab money and everything, and people who grab weapons are. Right, doing notch. way better. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so all right, is that? I think that's a decent premise for a movie, right? Yes. Yeah. Post apoc kid mechanic uh, rebuilds a robot, like in the like in the movie uh, episode one, Phantom Menace. I was gonna say is real called, steel. There's a movie called Hardware. <laughs> Don't see it. <laughs> Wait, Hardware is that the? <laughs> it's a horror film. Is that the Richard Dean Stanley or whatever the guy who did um kind or the Island Doctor Moreau? I don't remember. Oh, I was a kid when I saw it, and it, it like builds this terrible robot. That it, it's, it's like in Judge Dredd too. Remember, yeah. like he puts together that old war, war droid. Yeah. Okay, so so this kid rebuilds a protocol droid. Uh, we say protocol droid. A, a robot that was that was supposed to be like a house servant, mm-hmm. and it's going to defend him and his family against mechanized raiders. So it's Big Hero Six in Fallout. Yes. Yes. Cool. Without the dead brother. Well, cool. maybe maybe dead brother. Yeah, throw a dead brother. Let's, let's kill a brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get they. So it's Can like, we not throw a dead brother? So it's brother the beginning. In? So it's the beginning of Seven Samurai or Magnificent Seven, where they ride into town and they go <laughs> and they're like, "Fuck your brother," and they kill yeah. him. And yeah, and then it's like, "I'm gonna build," but they're gonna, he's gonna fuck you up. It's like their six guns are like this big because they're mechs. <laughs> Yeah. This big meaning it's like a western, a radius of two feet. <laughs> yeah, you can't yeah. just say this or that or do hand gestures. I know that's what you do in your real life, but you can't yeah. do it here anymore, Max. His 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 hands were about eighteen inches apart. This is what I want to do, though. You're not doing anything. I'm just hanging, <laughs> out. I'm just hanging right. out with my I do, friends. I do like the idea of him like talking built shit. a kid building a robot and making like training him to be like a gunslinger, like a badass gunslinger who's going to defend. Single-handedly. See, I, I, I was thinking no guns. No I was guns, thinking like, like just, he just – because it, it's wuxia, right? It's like martial arts and shit. Well, it didn't necessarily I'm saying a sword arts. rather than just a shield, just a wuxia sword. Wuxia doesn't say martial arts? Oh, no, you're right. It's, it, you're correct. It said a martial arts genre. With a fantastic protagonist. All right, so what if there is no family? What if they ha- if, if this kid needs to get somewhere and, he, and he, he built this thing to take him there and it doesn't – he has to like talk to it to instruct it on what to do and they're going to be assailed by raiders the whole way along the way? So okay. it's going to escort him from point A to point B. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I think that might so the journey be of the West, kind of. Um, so this so, is the monkey. King. Oh, so okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, so he, uh, if this is like the family robot that like normally just sort of does whatever. Right. It wasn't his family robot. Like two hundred years ago, it was a family. Right, robot. right, 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 right. But now, but now he has it, and like if it's him and his mom, and like his mom dies, mm-hmm. and it's like at the dying mom is like you have an aunt in you know three states away. You know, Robo Joe or whatever is going to take you. 
you know, just just do what he says and he'll protect you or whatever. And of course, it's not built for that. But it's like, you know, it's it's whatever. That's, that's did, a cool did, way to go with it. I think Re- okay, because I'm thinking a robot he's already familiar with. Right. That is Big Hero Six. Right. What if, what if what if it's like just, just <laughs> found it. Yeah, what what if he's just you know he's out on his own? He's a he's a he's a scrap junkyard. Well, I, I kid. was just trying to think of like what is a situation you would have in the old west if your parent dies? It's like you're kind of fucked. Like it reminds me of like an Unforgiven. Clint Eastwood is like he leaves his two children behind, and he's yeah. like, if I'm not back in four weeks, go ahead and kill another pig, and if I'm not back then, uh, go visit Sally Two Trees, and she'll take care of you, and then I'm dead. You know, it's like yeah. so the idea of this kid who's like okay, growing up in the in the quote unquote old west. If something like that happens, you are at the mercy of, like, the whole fucking planet. But if you have a robot that can kick some ass and it's with you, that's a story. And they together, they go on the adventure of getting him from point A to point B. Which so is what, to, if, what, if, um, what if it's, like, Balto, everybody's sick, and they need to get medicine, but the only place they can get medicine is from this one area. And they're like, yeah, but you couldn't get – you could never go there because this – so this kid's like, I'll fucking go there. <laughs> I'm going to get – Yeah, and, like, like rebuilds this old robot and it's like – you need to help because my mom's sick. Like, what if his? Okay, what if his mom's sick? Yeah. Mom's sick. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's a that's our that's our thing. His mom's sick, so he builds a robot to take him. And she's like, "Where'd my son go?" And it's like he's in the woods, and there's crazy, like uh, Batman Forever Tree style people. gangs, <laughs> like flipping out of the trees and like and like in neon. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's the apocalypse, yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, this robot has a shield, and it's just like, "Get back, master!" So I'm saying so. just. A, I'm just saying swords. He's not Captain America. Let's, okay, so let's here, make so here's it, the, let's right. make it swords. Let's make it swords. I like this, but here's the question. So the, the main question now is, is the kid familiar with the robot before he goes on an adventure, or does he meet the robot out on the adventure? I think he builds the robot for, for the, the adventure. adventure. The adventure is predicated on the robot. Like It's almost like Battle Angel uh, Alita, where there's like parts of other robots, and he's like, oh, I can put this together. And, and then he teaches it like, here, you're going to have to defend and you can fight. You're real strong. Like, you're stronger than the bad guys. So it's like if Anakin Skywalker built 3PO, but a couple years go by, and now he's John Connor and this is the Terminator. Yes. And then he's like, come, come all right, let's go. And then it's like, grab this guy. <laughs> all, right, all right, Master So-and-so, boom, and just chokes, chokes a bitch sort of thing. I like, would like the robot to know fighting. Because how much time does this kid have to teach the robot fighting? He well, I think I think he can upload like a fighting protocol that he found in a like different droid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like almost like Big Hero Six, where it's a card he like plugs in. He's and he's like, "There, now you know how to fight." And he's like, "This is highly un. <laughs> this is very uncouth. I do not recommend any of this. This is terrible. <laughs> like, this is like, excuse, me, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> While he's crushing people's heads. <laughs> sorry, yeah. so sorry about this. If he, yeah, maybe. And if, what, if, what if like bad guys, bad guys attack? Who will clean like, this up? I, I cannot. I cannot hurt sentience. You know, in this way. Okay, like, so. I He's like, he's like, no, don't worry. They're all robots. I just, and he's like, ooh, these robots are very leaky. <laughs> I, I thought of another element is that if That's he goes out if, if, if he goes out with the robot and at first the robot's not really useful in a fight, but yet they – if robots are somewhat common in this post-apocalyptic thing where it's like – like you said, like the Bill and Ted sort of junkyard robots yeah. or whatever, but those are programmed to fight. You kill one. If it's programmed to fight, take that chip out. Now you know how to fight. That's now, good. That, but I was going to say it sounds Give a little bit like – Give this kid like a gun he can fire twice. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, but it sounds a little bit like Mega Man, but I, I'm obviously – okay with that so but it's not as easy as mega band no of course yeah, not of course not but this if this kid helped build it and stuff like i, I can see that you know it, yeah it, he's not this kid isn't dr light but he's he's clever yeah he's got, and he's the got, idea and this is the high fantasy adventure of like they're going into this crazy mm-hmm. world and they have they don't know how to fight at first but he's gonna him them working together he's gonna build this robot and make it fight and, this sounds like the sweetest two-person D quest yes yes yes, yes. 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 yeah 
or, or even one person quest, just to DM and be like, all right, now you're the kid. You're, you know, it's like you have to, it's almost like Pokemon. And like, you have your robot, go. One on one D and D people people say it's great, but it seems too I sexual know. for me. It's like it's too. <laughs> all right, you walk in there. What do I see? You see this. And it's just yeah. too. It's too Ooh. intimate. Like I can't. Can we play the campaign? As us being the people in the trees trying to stop this kid from going. <laughs> that would be awesome. You, your your job is just to def- yeah. is, is to stop it. So what do we call this movie? The Juggernaut. Mm, would be, it would be no. Like, that's the, too aggressive for because he's like a butler. Well, I think it, like that would be the irony. Or I think the irony is that it's like you would say the Juggernaut and Robot Five K One. I mean, the kid <laughs> is the Juggernaut. Yeah. Yeah. The the ironic giant. The ironic giant. <laughs> How about Killer and the Robot? <laughs> that's the the killer's like a 13 year old kid fat man a little boy fat man a little boy would be cool if it was a fat robot with like yeah. like, or, like, or, like like the the one from uh, or Return if he to was Oz. or if yeah. he was built out of a bomb <laughs> oh no that'd be awful he gets punched too hard Stop punching him. <laughs> or just the shell you know yeah i think i think the name of the story is, is in the journey a story that has an end yeah <laughs> Someone goes, well, that movie, that lives up to the title. Yeah. <laughs> no one will complain. There's probably already a movie named A Long, a long Way to Tipperary. Yeah. <laughs> What's the robot's name? Well, I mean, Jeeves is too easy. Chaz. Yeah. Just Chaz. What's it, like Charles? Giles. Keith. Just Keith the robot. I, I like Giles. Giles is good. I like Giles, but wouldn't it have some stupid pun, robot pun? Because people give all their fucking inventions stupid Pun names. But if he builds, Wait. he's like, all right, it's Giles. I hope you know, whatever. Yeah. Or if it's yeah. just, or if that's, like, if that's what it, this what's, designation what's, was. What's your name? He's like, oh, I'm Giles. I, you know, he's just like a disembodied. I, I can, I can serve you some tea. Yeah. I, I know how to make tea. I can. Yeah. Oh, can he's he like, sh- what's tea? I don't. What are you talking can about? He shoot oh, it's hot simple. Tea in the faces of black enemies. <laughs> he doesn't. He, he, he doesn't literally make tea out of his body. <laughs> and he's got tea bags, nunchucks. He's just. <laughs> oh, oh, he'll tea bag some enemies. Yeah. <laughs> so he he's got scones. He's just fucking shooting scones into people's skulls. Why do people like scones? I don't. I had a blueberry scone the other day. It was pretty what? sweet. Why? It's a stale muffin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, what, what I think about? it's a little more dunkable. I'm thinking like like something Western circuitry or like what like in, like like the into the Western mainframe into the. What's the boy's name? What if his name is Calamity John? Old John is a very typical Western name. Manifest Destiny. Old Babyface John. Poindexter Hughes. What's a what's what's a name that you'd name a post-apocalyptic kid? You know what I mean? Squinty. No nap. Meat. <laughs> like you know, like yeah. what? Like you know, it's something that's uh, tack. Crybaby. Not if, not if you liked the kid. Mm. Well, no, but I think other people might not. You know, what if they call him like Crybaby and Sir Giles? That would be the name of the movie. Tinder. Or something like that. Cry, Crybaby. Name, too, you name the baby Tinder. How did you? How did you and Dad meet? Yeah. <laughs> <Tinder>. <laughs> Easy I there. Think, I think it would be. It would, it would have to do more about. Him being smart. I think people would – I think the idea is that people would look down on this kid normally, right? He Nobody would ever expect him to go and do this. Yeah, just because no one expected kids to do kid. anything. Yeah, you can't yeah, yeah. go out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. everything is insane. What's the, what's the word oh, for – like what's what's the word for building something like manufacture, like manufacture destiny? <laughs> like what's yeah. the – you know, like a uh, – Manufactured destiny work. But that, that doesn't say – that's not a title though. That's not like – that's like a – that's like a saying. A concept. Yeah. How about – they call him Grave because he's so serious all the time. Yes. The kid. I like that. So, so you can call it uh, The Grave of Sir Giles <laughs> <laughs> or Sir, Sir Giles and Grave. I do, I do think it needs a Western E sound 
to the, the title, the like other, other than just other than just the, their names, like just because their names alone are like that's like my problem with something like yeah. Jack Reacher, where it's like who the fuck is that? You know, like I don't right. know, like the Plains of Old California. I think it's one of the hardest titles we've had to come up with. Yeah, probably a lot of ones have just rolled off. Um, I'm trying to think of robot puns into Western puns. Yeah, that's I'm what you need to stop. Yeah, we're puns, not going yeah. to go with any of those. So it, just go for an something. Actual something title. that sounds like like a Western journey. It could be it related is, to robots, just not a pun. Yeah, right, right. right. Again, like a fantastic journey. Tinker, kind of Taylor, epic. soldier, um, robot guy. <laughs> Tinker, <laughs> Tinker Taylor, guy. Tinker Taylor, soldier guy. Yeah. <laughs> the Clockwork Road. Like that, you know, Getting I like there. that. Chrome, I like Chrome. Chrome is a good starting point. Chrome night, cold. Chrome night. Chrome on the range. <laughs> Not the worst thing you've said. <laughs> That's actually that works. Okay, I want. I want to be called Chrome on the range now. Chrome on the range. I think we got to go for it. You know, we have I, mean, I think. Yeah. I think. I think that'll be its working title. Okay, I like, working, I like, I like, I like the grave of Sir Giles. Okay. But Chrome on the Range. You Chrome guys on the Range. That? Colon. The Grave of Sir Giles. <laughs> in parentheses. No, the, it, only be the Grave I, and Sir Giles. Only reason I don't like it is because like, I don't want to reward that behavior. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Chrome on the Range, parentheses, The Grave of Sir Giles. Why is it The Grave of Sir Giles? Because he's grave and he belongs to Sir Giles. Like, yes, he's the but one when you say charging. The Grave of Sir Giles, the title infers that it's where he dies and it's a story about him dying. He does. Does he's he? Got a, it's Terminator Two. Like he's got to, he's got to give the thumbs up in the molten. Yeah, he goes molten back. He goes back with the robot head at the end, and that's all he's got. But how does the kid get back with the medicine if his robot protector died? He no longer needs him. He he's, had it. In he, the, he had to strengthen himself all along. Yeah, he can build gonna... robots on the fly during a fight. I was gonna say because oh no, it's been ten years. Oh, so the mom's dead. <laughs> like there's no point in going back. Okay, I think she does have to die while he's gone. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing that has to happen. Kids and you know, he just comes home and he's like, you yeah, know, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Of course that happened. All he right. comes back without the medicine anyway. He's like, yeah. There was no medicine. Yeah. <laughs> there was no city. There was no ant. She just wanted him to leave so she, he wouldn't so get the die. disease yeah. and she could die. Or, or raiders were going to come yeah. to the city. And she's like, just thinking, you got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she... she, she oh, no, no. I, I like it better where he, he needs to come back and she's just dead. Yeah. <laughs> that's way well. I mean, I mean, I mean, she did. She just told him that, so he'd leave. Yeah, she's yeah. like, I don't want him to get it. The only way he's going to leave is if I tell him there's some magical city with medicine, and mm-hmm. there's not that because this is the future West. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. In the far future, a clever young boy must go to great lengths to find medicine for his family. Come on, please work. I know you got it in you. Oh, hello. I am Giles, your new general purpose home servant. Which of my roles would best suit your needs? Um, bodyguard? I'm afraid that the role bodyguard conflicts with my primary programming. Ah, uh, give me a sec. Ah, bodyguard. I may require some instruction in this role, young master... Grave. Uh, they call me Grave. They would soon find the Western Road held dangers beyond their wildest imaginations. Ha <laughs> ha, boys! We got a fat one! This piggy's gonna feed us for days! Get your hands off me! No! Hey, look out, Tin Man! You're crushing my arms! 
Please unhand the young master. He does not require additional escort. Join Grave and Giles in the landmark adaptation of Chrome on the Range. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Bad Storytellers, now presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream us from Google Play. I've been your host, Josh LaForge, and I'd like to thank my writing group again, Doug Banks, Liam Malone, and Max Wessel. Now remember, as listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow to find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming. Visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Bad Storytellers on all your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.